everyone. Uh, again, welcome to Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie, and I am your host, Sarah Sin, Sin for short. Here with me, as always, is my minion of evil and my partner in crime, Nathaniel. Hi, everybody. On this show, um, again, we don't just talk about horror movies and why we love them. We also try to bring in the element of horror and history and how horror movies reflect society's fears. Many of them do. Again, not all of them, and we try to pull what we can. And again, I'm a psychology major, so we try to bring in the, an element of like mental health, uh, sorry, mental health, whether it just be a specific horror movie can be therapeutic, or horror movies in general can be therapeutic, or how the horror movie reflects mental health in any way, or what it's symbolizing or representing is another good word, I guess. Mm -hmm. So today we're doing 1984, uh, The Company of Wolves, directed by Neil Jordan, and I just wrote out like the main cast for sure. myself. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a lot more, but there was a lot. Uh, Sarah Patterson as Rosaline. Uh, I'm gonna probably say his name wrong. Misha Burgess, Burgess. It's probably French. Mm -hmm. As Huntsman, very bad at pronouncing French words. Angela Lansbury, oh, I love her as Granny. Mm -hmm. um, she's probably was my favorite character in the whole movie. Sure. David Warner as Father and Tussie Silberg as Mother. So, and again, there's a lot more because this movie has a lot of stories within stories within dreams. So, right. a little hard. For so, horror history, some of these I was kind of picking up was the main thing that the grandmother always says, which is don't stray off the path. Like, the path is good, straying off the path is bad. Like, the path is the road of good, off of it is, you know, bad things. Mm -hmm. um, beware of strangers, uh, fear, of uh, fear of female sexuality. Fear of strange men, you know, men who may trick you into straying off of that path. Fear of losing one's innocence. There's, of course, um, the whole thing of, like, transformation from childhood into womanhood, where we go from innocence to some kind of sexual beast, supposedly. So that was, and there's, like, a big fear in that, like, fear, again, female sexuality. So I kind of picked a little bit of those out. Uh, psychology was like this is definitely like kind of a coming of age movie Rosaline's story and her coming of age her loss of innocence temptation there's manipulating burgeoning sexuality again that's the Rosaline character seduction of course we got transformation lucid dreaming there's a lot of symbolism and metaphors within the movie yeah so this movie um <laughs> I did not like it because, like I said, I will always find something in a horror movie I enjoy. I just kept watching it thinking, I just don't see it as a horror movie, I guess. Um, there's two kills in it, so I couldn't even do my own little kill count mm -hmm. um, that were not that graphic. I mean, I've seen worse or scarier things in Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and, like, NeverEnding Story, and those were made for children. Right. So this movie for me was hard to watch it as a horror movie because it just didn't come off to me as a horror movie. I just saw it more as like fantasy, like just straight up fantasy. So okay. that was my kind of thing I I saw it as. So it was a little slow for me. Took me a little while. Mm -hmm. But I did find things I liked in it. It was just a little bit not really, I guess, my kind of movie that I would normally watch. <laughs> right. But it was interesting because the first thing I caught on to out of everything there's a lot of red and white contrasting each other. Sure. Right. The entire movie. There's so much red on white. Yeah. And like the first one I saw. And so I'm guessing for this, 
the reason why they did this is that red symbolizes a lot, but it symbolizes like blood, sexuality, passion, the devil, and danger. And white symbolizes like purity and virginity and innocence, good, perfection, cleanliness. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's why those two were used a lot. Because like the first one I noticed was the very beginning, the sister running. I think her name was Alice? Yeah. Running yeah. to her mother and she's in a white dress with red boots or red shoes. Yes. First off, I saw that. And then you go to Rosaline and she's in a white shirt with bright red hearts on it with bright red lipstick. So. Bright red lipstick, yep. Yeah, so that's the first thing I noticed. And I mean, I have them all written down. There's so much. There's like even like a shot, a really beautiful shot I loved of her. I think it's towards the end. So when she finally meets the wolf and she's in her red hood and it's snowing. Yeah. And just like the contrast of her red hood over that, like seeing her in the snow was very beautiful, actually. And I said, I was like, oh, that's a very, really nice shot of her. And then she looks down and there's the blood on the snow. So I was like, there's a lot of that playing around. There's red yeah. yarn. There's the um, red berries with the white flowers. There's the, even in one of the stories, the people have powder white faces with bright red lipstick on. So it's right. like throughout the whole thing, I'm seeing nothing but red and white. Rosaline's wearing a, a white dress, with a big old red belt at one point. So I just, yeah, that's one of the big things I noticed. Uh, their white flower, the white rose slowly starting to turn red. So yeah. I'm just, that was my first thing I noticed and started writing notes about was that whole red white contrast and I'm figuring it's probably because like I said, it's Rosaline's journey from childhood into womanhood. Right. Her going from you know purity to sexuality. So mm -hmm. that's one thing I caught. I don't know. <laughs> that's the big thing I caught. I don't mm -hmm. know if you saw that, but that's what I saw. Yeah, the use, the of, use of color in this film was very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um Exactly for the reasons why you said, yeah, red and, and white are meant to be purity and, and uh, uh, lack of purity, you know, um, not necessarily corruption, um, because ultimately the, the kind of the point of the entire thing is, is uh, Rosalie choosing uh, to be uh, with the wolves. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily corruption. It's... Uh, and as you noted, a lot of that so-called purity is on is also on people who aren't pure. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, a lot of this movie is about deception. Is about uh, the the presentation of of one thing versus what's underneath. Uh, a lot of talk about you know the wolves. Uh, you know, there's you know a regular wolf is a wolf on the outside, if you get, but then the bad wolves are the ones with the wolves on the inside, which of course is talking about you know men. Uh, yes. Uh, and okay. and so I mean, you have that uh, that idea of the of the duality of uh, what's presented versus what is underneath. And uh, as you noted, like the uh, the French uh, uh, aristocrats who, in one of the stories within a story mm -hmm. of uh, becoming uh, wolves. Um, wearing the white makeup and the powdered wigs uh, you know, in a very white uh, room with white linen, uh, white cake, everything is the idea that they, they believe themselves to be pure. And it's the, the woman that comes in and, and shows them what they really are, uh, which are monsters or, or animals. Uh, which, and she had red hair. She did have red hair. Yeah. yeah she's, I wrote that. I was like, she's supposed to be, you know, we, we see her as the good, we see her side of the story. Yes. But 
they don't see her. They see her as bad. And I was like, and they, of course, red hair. Yes. They put her as a redhead. Yeah. Well, Isn't I mean, that kind of interesting? Yes. And I mean, from she's a, she's a victim. Yes. Uh, when she enters into that scenario that she had been, uh, uh, we, I guess one would assume consensual with mm-hmm. uh, one of the lords, but she ultimately was of low class. And so he yes. disregarded her and uh, she became pregnant with his child and Jamie got revenge on the whole group of them by turning them into wolves. Um, it's interesting to me that you call, you don't see this movie as a horror film because I think there's it's all suggestive, but I think it's a very frightening film in a lot of ways um, in terms of... Uh, First of all, pretty decent transformation scenes, I think, for 1984. Um, oh, I love that last one. Yeah, and um, but uh, the but the suggestive element of uh, what's really kind of going on within around the fringes of this movie of of um, is to me is a deeply frightening concept of uh, uh, particularly from the point of view of a young woman um, that uh, the world is is not. It's not a very nice place in the company. No. Of and no. um, everything is just sort of dangerous. I mean, to the point of even like, you know, what would normally in any other film be a relatively innocent coming of age romance between her and another uh, boy in town has a, a very, has a layer of, uh, of psychosis to it that uh, his intentions for her are not, are not nice or pure. Um, uh, and that her society in general as not doesn't have particularly good intentions for her. Um, and uh, even grandma uh, played by uh, the great Angela Lansbury, the late Angela Lansbury um, has a very uh, uh, aggressive view of the world that, um, and ultimately Rosalind find that the idea that Rosalind would end up more or less taking comfort in the, uh, the true purity of the animal world Mm-hmm. Uh, where there is no deception, uh, there are no there are no two sides. It's just it's just the way of the animal that you just act as you are, is a very uh, uh, a pretty terrifying notion. Um, and of course, there's a lot of of um, threat of sexual violence, threat of which have always unnerves me. But uh, I find the film to be very very suggestive in a sense of and uh, in in the way that it becomes frightening in my in in my. Uh, in my estimation, uh, I think this is the closest we've gotten to a, a sort of an art house werewolf movie. Um, and uh, of course, also Red Riding Hood is a terrible story, terrifying story anyway. Oh, that's meant, yeah, that story is meant to scare kids, yeah. scare children. It's, it, actually, it's meant to really scare not just children, but girls in, in general. The original, the original Red Riding Hood, of course, goes back to the grim fairy tale stuff. Yes. Uh, which of all of which, of course, are, were later Disneyfied, you know, um, we have them. Um, I have like the whole, my dad has the entire um, original Grimm's fairy tales. They're fantastic. I, and I used to read them and my mom yeah. read them to me. Yeah. And I just remember Little Red Riding Hood was not, I mean, I still liked them because they were like horrific. Yeah. But Little Red Riding Hood, I, I always think about is not really like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's meant to scare children and to not straying off the path and listen to their parents. I'm like, no, it's about girls be wary of, you know, you be wary of going off the path. Like you need to stay on this path of you're good. You get married, you have kids and you do what you're told. And instead of going off the path where you get to have a say and you get to become this beautiful sexual being, you're not allowed to. Right. That's what I take personally Red Riding Hood as. Yeah. And the, and the, the 
fairly simple don't talk to strangers um yes, i wrote that <laughs> right um which of course is and that's and that's the thing is you talk about like uh the path being representing in this film representing a sense of uh, of, of purity or order that also it also translates in this film to control mm-hmm. um where her grandmother's like don't throw out the path it's dangerous but what she's really kind of saying is is don't explore yeah don't don't figure out who you are um <laughs> If you because if you do, then then you cannot you can't be controlled any longer. Um, I feel like Granny maybe had a really bad experience with the man. I that's definitely the idea. Like that's what I feel like is like because she doesn't it never talks about Grandpa ever. It just talks about Granny. Obviously, she had kids because she's she Grandma. Yep. So she did have a man. So I'm yes. wondering, was he a wolf or was he just did he come through and just get her pregnant and leave like they never explain it but i keep feeling like she's a very yeah angry woman and she's angry towards men because i wrote down a lot of like granny's words of wisdom mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she has a lot of funny things in there yeah and she definitely I, I would i would argue i would i would i would buy into the idea that she um that grandpa that her her husband had been a wolf or she had experience with a wolf mm-hmm. um not only because there would be the generational idea of rosalind uh so to speak, skipping a generation. Um, but, uh, but the idea of um, she knows a lot about them. Yes. When she meets, when she meets the, the, the huntsman who of course is, is in the actual original story is not a werewolf. No, um, no. He's, an entirely a huntsman. he's just a huntsman. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, and, and of course uh, splits the wolf open at the end of the story, kills the wolf yes. and rescues grandma who's been yes. eaten whole somehow. Um, and still alive. And still alive. And, yeah. uh, and the woodsman is a hero for doing this, but, uh, but straight up uh, eviscerates, um, you know, cleaves, cleaves in half a, uh, a, a uh, wolf. Um, but yeah, in, the, in this film, when she meets Lance, but she's not surprised. You know? Yeah. She knows exactly what he is the second he steps into the door. Well, his eyebrows meet in the middle. Yeah, eyebrows meet in the middle. I mean, yeah. come on. We we wear that unibrow, apparently. Yep, my eyebrows eat in the middle, eat in the middle. but uh, no, very, they don't. Very very faintly, they do. You can't really tell, but they do. Um, I get mine waxed, <laughs> so I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but um, I maintain them. <laughs> I said the same thing when I was watching. I was like, "Yeah, my my uh, my eyebrows meet in the middle." My girlfriend says, "No, they don't." And I'm like, "They're they're very very they're right. They were much more pronounced when I was younger, but uh, uh, as my hair thins, I think my eyebrows thin too." So, um, so I guess getting older means you're not a werewolf anymore, I suppose. Yeah, maybe um, you lose that. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and I mean, I, growing up as, as hairy as I am, I grew up uh, with all the, jo- all the werewolf jokes anyway. So, um, yeah, Teen Wolf, uh, you know, they used to call me Michael J. Fox. Um, but that's not bad. Michael J. Fox was a very handsome man. He was. He was. Uh, and uh, but yeah, they used to call me Teen Wolf. And uh, you know, and my, dear Michael J. Fox, uh, we loved you in Teen Wolf, but you have to wear the costume at all times. And yeah. I was like, oh, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. But oh but um, but yeah, I mean, uh, she clearly <laughs> knows knows this guy is a werewolf. She clearly knows the rules. Which yes. also, and she doesn't. Which is an interesting point too. At, at, at that point, she doesn't fear him. It's, uh, you know, she never, she never says like, don't kill me. She's just like, okay. Um, and again, they use a very, uh, I love the bit where he knocks off her head and it turns into a porcelain shatters on the wall. Uh, yeah. I was wondering such... about that. That just weirded me out. Cause I was like ready to see some like blood squirting out, like in like, um, 
the original Evil Dead just kind of going all over the place. Yeah. For some reason, that's what I was waiting for. I was like, oh, yes. And then it shatters. And I was like, oh. Suggestive. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, I think there's something supposed to be a visual metaphor uh, or visual yeah. pun about a uh, uh, figurehead. You know, she's. Uh, but I mean, keep in mind that most of this narrative is the dream of a teenage girl. Yes, yes, I know that. It's like that's where yeah. I started. It's a little not confusing, but like it's a little weird because it starts out with yeah, like well, an '80s modern day <laughs> Rosaline, and and, and and in England, which basically means 1969. Um, right <laughs> and, uh, and then she's dreaming yeah. and then there's the stories within the dreams which yeah I, I wrote them i wrote a little ditty of each one down yeah but i was having a, kind of a, a trouble uh call um hard time i don't know why i'm stuttering mm -hmm. trying to figure out what they each were trying to teach because that's the whole point of those stories is they were teaching something the only one i got a little bit of was that revenge story of the aristocrats and the girl because when she comes in, turns them into wolves, mm -hmm. she turns only the people who were attending the wedding, not the servants. And no. when the servants, she turns around, the servants clap and bow to her and they were happy for it. And they pop champagne. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they yeah. were like, thank you for relieving us of these horrible, horrible people. Right. So like that one kind of sends like, a, that one's, a, I think the message may be a little clearer. I would just, I mean, I take it as like the um, hell hath no fury is like woman scorn. Sure. You know, like, yeah. that's one of them I, because on a side note, Medea is actually one of my favorite Greek tragedies, is right. the story of Medea, yeah. which that saying came from. So, mm -hmm. so that one was a little easier for me to kind of get to, because, you know, because I would want to do the same thing if someone right. did, you know, right. I'm all about revenge and I like revenge horror movies because it's, for me, I'm seeing people who deserve it right. and they're getting their comeuppance, their just dessert. So maybe that's wrong, but. No, I think okay. you're on. I think you're on there onto something. Yeah, there. for um, that story, it was the yeah. other ones. I had a little bit trouble trying to figure out what the story or what the lesson they were trying to teach was because the very first one's that traveling man story, mm -hmm. which he had a cool transformation scene. It was a little weird that he rips off his skin before he transforms, but yeah, it is what it is. But I didn't really. Under I was trying to figure out what they were saying. He's the one who leaves the wife mm -hmm. to become a wolf. Yes. She remarries, has her kids, and then he shows back up and basically, like, I think threatens her and the kids because she remarried. Well, you, he was gone for, he had to be gone for at least five years. So one, those kids were no more than mm -hmm. four. Right. So to me, it's like, well, what is this story trying to say? Because I think she was in the right in that point. And then, it's like, to the, go after the kids? Mm -hmm. mm. It's in the so, telling. It's in who's telling it. Okay. That was a grandma story. Uh, that was a grandma story. Yes. Uh, that and then uh, the the woman transforming the aristocrats was Rosalind's story. Rosalind's, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that so it's the idea that uh, and again Rosalind's point was that maybe these wolves were were made into something. Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a reason why they are what they are. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the idea of again that grandma wants to wants to make sure Rosalind knows that um, men are scum. Right. And, uh, and not trust them. Don't trust them. And so, yeah, right. she marries, uh, marries Stephen Fry. That, in that story, Stephen Fry, um, you know, is, is married to the woman. Then he leaves to become a werewolf, comes back years later, finds out she's remarried, and uh, decides to give in to his base animal nature and yes. punish her for that. Um, what, was the, what was the other one? Rosalind has another story. 
Um, there's the one about, so the grandmother has another one about, and that was a very short one. Yeah. That's the one where the young man, he goes into the woods and he, that mysterious white car shows up with red interior. Yes. White car, red interior. There's a man sitting in it. He gives him this potion and then the boy drinks it, starts growing hair, screams, and that's the whole story. So right. it was a very short one. I didn't, that one was a little weird for me. It was a little weird. Um, uh, I, I, but, didn't, I didn't get that one at all. I was like, oh, I thought I thought that was the amorous boy. The one that yeah. Rosaline goes out, goes out on a walk with. And I was like, what's happening to the kid? Yeah. And then I realized it was a story. It's a story. Uh, yeah. But and that's, the other one, that's origin myth. Yeah. That's, uh, you know. Uh, oh, of the werewolf? Did, yeah. How did the how did the werewolf start? We made a deal with the devil, you know. Got uh, it. Okay. Uh, you know, I knew he was supposed to be the devil. Yeah. And that's as far as I got was he's the devil. And that was it. That's, gets given gets given that power from uh, from uh, the, the the devil and becomes oh. a, a wolf. Yeah. Okay, so the second Rosaline story was the she wolf, where the she wolf comes up from the world below. Yes. Um, she gets shot by someone in the village. She runs off. Um, I, I don't know if it was supposed to be a priest or something that finds her, but an older man finds her. Mm-hmm. She's already tra- but she's transformed into the woman. Yes. He finds her, takes care of her. Um, heals her wounds and when she's ready she goes back to the world below that was yeah. the one she the second one she took there might have been more stories but i only caught four of them that, but that was, was the other yeah. one she told so that one was like for me it was showing that men can be nice i mean the man saw a naked woman in a bush which he could have easily taken advantage of right who was hurt mm-hmm. could have easily taken advantage of her, but instead he healed her helped her get better so she could go home so I don't know if that's what the story is supposed to say, but that's kind of what I was getting out of that, it. I think that's the idea. Rosalind is, is suggesting um, that uh, the division between the, the wolves and the wolf and the, and the human is an artificial one uh, and one that is perpet- uh, perpetuated mm-hmm. by, by the human world, uh, by, you know, people like her grandmother, by people like the people, like the villagers who uh, their response of course is, um, is probably ripped from actual history from uh, from a lot of Eastern Europe of the idea that you know everything can be blamed on the wolves, and the wolves are magic, um, and that does come right out of old like uh, Eastern folklore, um, and uh, yeah, big big giant fucking wolves, um, and those wolves are of the devil. More than likely, you know, a lot of that probably just stemmed from the fact that wolves were scary. I mean, we're talking about a time period where uh the simple i I took a class for example on uh, on witchcraft in college um that talked about uh why maybe people believed in witchcraft and it was it was the idea that if your cow died you were screwed it was your only you know in that period your only your only source of income was that cow if your cow died you were kind of ruined and um so i think it probably stems to the same thing in like the eastern european times if your livestock is is killed by wolves you're kind of in a, in trouble and so it would be easy to believe the big scary wolves living out there were of the devil you know that makes sense yeah redheads uh so if you if you took that class that it talk a lot i read a lot about that um redheads were like uh, i know i think it was the salem witch trials maybe that a good percentage of the women killed were redheads because there was redheads at least was- there was at least one major one that we talked about that was a redhead um, yeah. who was also a woman of uh, uh, a liberated mindset that, just, uh, 
was accused of witchcraft and killed um, based on basically because she wouldn't have sex with a guy. He, uh, I just know red but, hair was always considered like for a long time, redheads were looked down upon because we, their hair was the symbol of the devil because it's red right. and it was associated with the devil. So we were. Yeah, it certainly didn't do him any favors. Yeah. No, no, it didn't. It was, and I, I, I even read, I don't know if this is true or not, but I did read that um, even um, Hitler was trying to get rid of the redheads because he thought of our blood too as, uh, as um, unclean. That was he had a thing. Me. Yeah, that he got, yeah. he had a thing against redheads. He was trying to get rid of us too. And I was like, why? Well, even now the joke of gingers, you know. Yeah, have, have no, no souls. Have no souls. Yeah. I'm, um, okay, I'm okay with that one. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all myth. It's all, it's all that uh, perception of reality becoming myth. Um, Are you sure? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you have this, you have this area of, of people who are, uh, who believe these wolves are, are dangerous and they, as soon as one is even uh, thought to be around, they go out and hunt them. Um, right. And then uh, we have the scene of, you know, David Warner, the great uh, character actor, David Warner, comes home with a paw and it's now a hand Yes, and he's, uh, he's deeply disturbed and they just throw it in the fire um, rather than acknowledge anything is that maybe these wolves are also men. Um, well, cause he said that he said, I remember him saying that um, when he opens it and Rosalind goes, well, did you kill a, a wolf or a man, daddy? And he's like, it was a wolf, was a wolf. when we killed it, but it turned into a man. Yeah. So he's like, I don't even know. Yeah. And we're never going to speak of this again. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna throw the, I'm throwing the hand in the fire, and we're never talking about it. Um, which is uh, uh, again kind of the idea of I think when Rosalind starts to get the idea that uh, maybe this uh, division is something that we that is made up, and so she makes up kind of her own stories that sort of explain uh, allegorically her belief structure that ultimately maybe the wolves are more like us than we think. And, uh, and like you were talking about with Howell, like, you know, the, the idea of, um, wolves having these, these familial relationships and, and, and their own society and culture in a manner of speaking and Rosalind might be on the right track. Um, but then, yeah, she meets the, the woodsman and, uh, and ultimately decides that that's the way she's going to go. She feels sympathy for him after she sort right. of wits him. Um, and then she says, you know, she rather would rather join the wolves. Uh, and there's a moment where she, she, she hangs around to test her theory. Uh, the very ending of the film mm-hmm. where she's in the, in the house and her parents and the townspeople come in and her mother figures out who she is. Yes. And so Rosalind gives it a shot to be like, can we coexist? And when they still shoot at her, she says, well, obviously we can't. Um, but the mother tried to protect her. The mother did. Mother understood. I feel like. I was thinking about that. I feel like the mother wasn't as against the wolves as everyone else was. I feel like she was a little more on Rosaline's side. Yeah. I the agree. way she talked to her, because she said something, and I don't know if I heard it right, but it's right after she tells the story of those aristocrats. And the mother goes, Well, if there's a beast in men, it makes its match in women, too. It's match in women, too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, So she was still, you know, I feel like she maybe she, maybe she had something with the wolf at one point, and Granny got mad. Maybe that's a possibility. And maybe that's why Granny doesn't like him. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Well, I, if if I believe, <laughs> Granny is Dad's mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was Mom's mom. Uh, 
and uh, and I, I think it was supposed to be that David Warner was her son. Um, okay, I didn't. I never really explained yeah, that. At least I yeah. didn't catch it. Um, I think it's it's early on when uh, uh, right after the death of her sister that opens up the narrative. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I think uh, she has that conversation with David Warner where where Warner says, you know, why don't you go with Granny for the night? You know, Mom's not in not not in the mood. Um, and, uh, but I mean, I think that's supposed to be the idea that, and so I think we're getting a little bit of that, um, mother-in-law thing. Uh, uh, granny doesn't like mom that much. Uh, she married her son. Um, How and that they she? don't get along. Right. And they, they don't get along as much. And I think it's part of that idea is that, uh, her mother has a little bit more of a liberated idea of man versus woman. She's not as angry. Um, in fact, we, we, even a real, they have a pretty healthy sex life her and her husband uh, and then she smacks them when she's not happy with them yeah. mm-hmm. she has yeah. yeah she absolutely has the power in that in that household yeah yeah yes um so i thought might... that was interesting that she I, I forgot what she said i think she said like no or not tonight and just whacks him and he yeah. stops and yeah. okay guess we're yeah. done she's in charge and I was like, huh. yeah yeah maybe granny doesn't like that either that's <laughs> that's what i mean maybe she doesn't um uh but i think that we have the idea that granny has uh a very very specific worldview in the sense mm-hmm. of of, uh, of how gender interacts men are men are scum women are victims yes um what mom more or less suggests and to the idea that the relationship between Rosalind and her mother i think is very important um if not a little bit uh not as uh played with as much as her in relationship with her grandmother um but uh relationship with her mother is her mother is actually encouraging Rosalind to be who she wants to be um with with respect to the world that she came from but um and so I think that's that's an important element is of of the idea that her mother um does point that out does say uh if there is a beast in man it it, uh makes its match in women uh human beings it doesn't matter if it's man or female there's there uh human beings can just be kind of shitty uh, or vice versa. Animals yeah. can be fine. Animals can be kind. Um, True. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's that there's something to that idea that her mother uh, is encouraging Rosalind to think for herself a bit to, to make yeah. up her own mind. And Rosalind, and that I think inspires Rosalind to kind of come up with these stories that she realizes, are, you know, grandma has stories that make her point. And this movie's all about stories anyway. Yeah, it's like um, stories within stories within a yeah. dream and i was like inception <laughs> pretty much just uh, joking around yeah. myself <laughs> yeah. but it's 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 but it's about it's about the concept of the story it's about storytelling and what and the stories we tell to each other i mean in the fact that that obviously the choice here is it's more or less an adaptation of red riding hood yes um uh with different with both sides both in major interpretations of that story told in a way where grandma's the grandma grandma's version of red riding hood the old grim fairy tale version is still present but there's yes. also a little bit of that uh maybe the wolf is misunderstood mm-hmm. um maybe the wolf is not evil uh wolf's just doing what it does uh but there's wonderful uh bits in that uh but yeah i mean but just the idea of, of telling stories telling fables uh and, and what those mean to us uh, is is so crucial to this film that I, I I just absolutely love that element and uh, I've always been a fan of this film for for many many years. 
I, I remember the, I actually remember the VHS cover of it and mm -hmm. seeing it and always being, I just never saw it. I just remember looking at it being like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. But then never, but then I was kind of like, I don't know. That looks kind of creepy too. And with the mouth coming out of the mouth. And I was like, yeah. I don't know if I can handle that one. This is of course mm -hmm. when I'm yeah, a lot younger. I mean, right. I can handle a lot more now, but it was one of those movies I remember seeing at the store or at the video store and then forgetting about it. Yeah. Until you mentioned it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember things. See, as soon as I saw like the VHS like little poster thing and I looked mm -hmm. it up online, I was like, yeah, okay, I do remember that one. Never yeah, saw I, it, just remember the, the cover art. I saw this movie, I think, for the first time 15 years ago or so. I was definitely an adult at any rate. Um, and I think I had read about it prior and, and thought it would be, oh, Angela Lansbury and, and it'll be. Uh, and at that point, I had started getting into film and I realized it was Neil Jordan, who, of course, had made. Um, uh, interview with the vampire yes i read that uh, yeah i yeah. love that movie too and the crying game which he was nominated for uh, uh academy award for uh screenwriting for that film um but i don't think i've ever seen crying game either um, i haven't yeah no my mom had i remember her telling me about it she yeah. loved it yep and then neil jordan also made uh, uh he made a vampire film a couple of years ago called byzantium that kind of got uh forgotten it wasn't bad i remember seeing it but it um uh, it wasn't okay. it wasn't one of the modern films that gets uh, picked up right. uh, by Twitter the way uh, you know uh, certain new films do now. Um, where we we I, I feel like at this point on Twitter we now see about fifteen twenty instant classics every year and then they and then you find out a couple of years later which ones get talked about still. Yeah, and that's when you know when uh, something actually is a classic versus. Uh, but. Um, and so, I mean, Byzantium, I think, was, was well-received, but it ultimately was forgotten. But it was, a, it was a cool little vampire movie. I barely remember it. But uh, look it, up. <laughs> it wasn't bad, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Neil Jordan as well. Um, he's, a, he's a very, very uh, interesting filmmaker. And uh, so this film, to me, is, is, is such a well-made film. Um, and I love, I love visual metaphor anyway. I'm a big David Lynch fan. <laughs> Uh, doing David Lynch over on the other uh, on my other podcast and um, talking a lot about metaphor and uh, I love that type of thing and that's you know it's what I went to college for you know yeah so um, but I think in terms of like you what made me think of it was you want to do werewolf movies and then you also but you also like the psychoanalytic theory perspective and I'm like we've got one half uh this one was one half like Freudian dream analysis and <laughs> one half uh, uh, fairy tale um, mixed together with uh, with werewolves. You know, well, I mean, I definitely uh, got the whole fairy tale aspect. That's what I said. I, yeah. I felt it was more, and I liked that it was like for me when I first was watching. It was like definitely like a, a more of adult version of Red Riding Hood. Yeah. I mean, so I was like, I can't. I mean, like I said, I didn't not like the movie. I think it was just a little slow moving for me. Sure. Plus, it's like I'm also watching these like at night after my daughter goes to bed, and then afterwards yeah. I have to get homework done. So, yeah. it's like I only have like this little bit of time to watch it. So I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's you know maybe if I just sat and watched it all the way through, it probably would have been easier. But I just don't have that. Maybe so, this movie. I just uh, don't have that luxury. I'm not sure if this movie. I mean, I probably the the rhythm of the film probably would would connect a little bit better, but it's also very episodic. That I feel like it would actually would probably would work in, incrementally. Um, but I really like the Rosaline character. I mean, I liked Granny just because she was funny. Yeah, yeah. Angela so Lansbury is a wonderful actor. 
And she is. Yeah. I, I just, I, I used to watch Murder, She Wrote. I'll admit it. I did. Yeah. I loved it. And my mom, you know, did all, loved Broadway. So, you know, and she was a Broadway actress. So I remember all the soundtracks with her on it. Uh, yeah, she very famously did um, uh, Sweeney Todd. Uh, and she Broadway. did Mame. Yeah. I know. Mame was the one I remember. My mom loved that. So mm -hmm. she would play that soundtrack too all the time. Yeah. She was, I think she played Mame. But no, I, I liked Granny a lot. She probably was my actual favorite character just because she was so quick, quick wit and, you know, had that like sharp tongue. And the things she said was still like, I'm like, Granny, come on. But mm -hmm. it was Angela Lansbury. She's a great actress and she pulled it off wonderful. But I really like, I did really like Rosaline's character. She very, I think she did a very good job playing that innocent girl but who has a lot of questions and wonders about the world, which mm -hmm. a lot of us girls do. And when you live in a world where society is still trying to tell you to be submissive and listen to your husband and your job is to stand in the kitchen and have kids. Right. It's a very hard world to, to live in. And I know that the world has grown a little, but there's still a lot of people out there that, you know, speak when spoken to. And yeah. I've met people like that. that were like, you need to speak when spoken to. And I'm like, do I look like the kind of woman you would say yeah. that to? Right. And it's like, so... I like that about her is that she, I kind of can relate to that too, that I was this one, I was, I was, believe it or not, an innocent little girl at once. Mm. And then, but I always wondered about the world and always, and I always questioned it. And I always had a very strong-willed attitude. So quick, this is what I mean by this. Um, one of my friends I reconnected with a, a, like a few years ago, we went to mm. grammar school, high school, everything together. Right. And she was like, I'll never forget the day. <laughs> She's like, the teacher told you something you had to do she's like this is fourth grade and she's like and you looked at that teacher right in the eye and said i don't have to do anything but die and pay taxes mm -hmm. <laughs> so i was very yeah so i was stubborn strong-willed i questioned everything so i think that's why i, I kind of really i could see rosaline yeah. a little bit she was kind sure. of like me she questioned she wasn't as you know harsh as i was but she was still that that woman who wanted to know more about the world and wanted to know more about the world other than what she's told a woman's supposed to do yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I would. I would call Rosaline an innocent. Um, there's a. She's out. She's she's an outlier in society. I think that uh, she she's totally interested in being with a man, just not that guy. You know, not amorous boy. Yeah, uh, does he have a name? <laughs> right. She meets when she meets the huntsman. You know, who is probably inappropriately too old for her anyway. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, that, that reminds me, I have a question. Yeah. How old was she when she did this movie? Because according to IMDb, she was born in 72, and this movie was made in 84, would make her 12. Yeah. She did not, she did not look like a 12-year-old to me. No. She like she was at least 16 or yeah. 17. So I don't... I. So that's why, that's what I kept thinking was like, this is a 12 year old. And I saw that guy and I was like, that guy is way too old. Yeah. For her. Yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, is that, acting. yeah. But the thing is that she, she's, she says it to her mother as well as to him. <laughs> that there, there are no, there's nobody in town that interests her. Right. She's waiting for something else to come along. Um, so, I mean. She wants an adventure. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, and I think to the idea that she's looking for a wolf. I mean, yeah. she wants the, she wants that. Um, uh, she wants, <laughs> we all want the bad boy. Come on. Yeah. She wants the connection. She wants the connection to some sort of, to, to a, a, 
uh, an anti-authority culture, I think. Yeah. I think she or wants... An out, yeah, yeah, an outsider. Like, she doesn't want the traditions of the town. She, want yeah. she wants something different. Yeah, she wants the she wants the wild, um, yeah. which is why I mean uh, to to project. I mean, yeah, to a degree, innocence, but I think there's a reason why she's wearing red so often. There's a there's a, a there's a desire in her that is runs counter to the innocence. The innocence is from her age, I think, but um, but that's, that's desire. Yeah. Good. That's that's symbolized by that's a symbol of yeah. Uh, red. Yeah. She, she, she wants, she wants, I mean, again, we're looking at this movie again from the psychoanalytic theory perspective is this is all the dream of a teenage girl mm-hmm. um, yes. who, when we see she's falling asleep, she's wearing way too much lipstick. She's wearing, she's has uh, her, uh, you know, posters on the wall of boys. We've got, uh, you know, her magazine <laughs> next to her. Um, this is a girl who's having a sort of an inappropriately erotic dream. Um, and it, it's about growing up. She wants to experience the act of sexuality without fully understanding. And uh, so you have that that uh, Freudian analysis there of, of wish fulfillment that is going to be a little bit inappropriate. There's going to be an older guy, you know. There's going to be there's going to be a werewolf, you know. So that age, uh, you can't be with a younger guy, right? True. I'm serious. Like I, I, I tend now since I started in my twenties, I started dating younger, but at, you know, yeah. 15, you can't really date younger. You have to date your age or older. Yeah. I ran into a couple of, uh, of young women when I was in, I was in college at, in my thirties and there were women, there were girls who were, I think were interested in me because I was almost old enough to be their dad. And I was like, I, we can't have sex like but they'd be like you know oh like you know and i'd be like i'm old. i i probably went to high school with your dad like that's, you probably went to high school with your dad. that's a little weird um and then i'm yeah. the girl that's like going to my high school guy friends and be like do you have a really cute son by the way right, right. <laughs> right. My jo- the joke of my friends was i was i was gonna i was gonna grow up to be stifler's mom yeah that was like the joke of my friends in my 20s. They're like, you're just going to go up to Stifler's mom. I'm like, and what's wrong with that? I'm like, if a man can date a girl 20 years younger than him and be awesome and that's cool, I'm like, why can't a girl too? What's yeah. the problem with it? I don't find anything wrong with that. My, personally. Uh, my girlfriend is, well, once you hit a certain age, I don't think it really matters anymore. But, no. you know, when I'm pushing 40. I think Lori's pushing 50. So she's, uh, you know, we have an age gap, but it's. Oh, her. Yeah. We have an age gap, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't even matter anymore because no, I'm, no, I'm 40. No. I'm 40 now. So it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she might be, but, but you know, five, six years ago, it would have been inappropriate, you know, right. but uh, you know, now it's, it's fine. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so you have a, but you have a young woman who's, who's going to have these, these dreams is going to be, yes. you know, uh, yeah, an older guy, a little bit dangerous, you know, uh, but she's also going to find, find the, the human in him, the, the, yes. the, the softness in him um, and, and the loneliness in him. Um, like, I think you hit the nail on the head of the idea of the, the outsider. She, she needs another outsider. She doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have the werewolves that don't fit in, you know, and, uh, and, from her own stories, it's the idea that, you know, they started as a curse 
and right. what what they are now is probably far removed from that um and all they are are just these these poor misunderstood souls who who uh who now get you know shot at if they try I feel to, like that's a central to, theme in the end of every werewolf movie outsiders yeah if you think about the outsider that the um because they can't help it they're not it's not will they don't will it it's just it it's a transformation that happens but they always end up being the outsiders the ones that yeah get hunted down and and shot all because at that point that's their new nature yeah i think in werewolf fiction in general uh, you have it's either it's one or the other it's usually either they're a misunderstood soul which is of course uh takes itself back to uh launch jr and the wolfman you know who uh who never uh you know never wanted to hurt anybody. He just got turned into something and he had to, you know, live with it uh, or not live with it as the case may be. But, uh, but then you have the other side of it, like uh, Howell, for example, where we, you know, they clearly have no ethical considerations. They just eat things. Um, they were just, they're basically animals. Yeah. Which again, that's in their nature. So, you know, are they really the bad guy? Or are they just going with their, with their no. instincts? Our next movie is they're bad guys um i know yeah. <laughs> but uh the next movie we're doing dog soldiers is that they're absolutely bad guys um but uh but yeah it's so i mean i feel like you have one or the other you either have the uh the misunderstood uh outsider or you have the uh violent Relent- oh yeah i was gonna say the relentless evil yeah because they were kind of that way in um or or perceived that way in the underworld series until you realize they weren't really that way yeah. The first one, it's, it's like they're uh-huh. bad and horrible, and then you find out why. But well, I mean, yeah, that one it was that they're both both sides are pretty awful. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, and it's only individuals that matter in the uh, yes. underworld franchise. But uh, the under <laughs> underworld <laughs> franchise, uh, cl- classic classic werewolf movie right there. Uh, the Academy Academy Award winner. Um, eh. But, they were entertaining for me. That's about it. But I wouldn't. I know. I I know a lot of people who absolutely love the underworld. Oh really? I don't. I wouldn't put myself as like a love for them. I just they they. I'm like they entertain me. They were you know they're entertaining. That's about it. Uh, and they're they're. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy them for being dumb as shit. Yeah. I uh, I love I love B movies and, and kind of like, and there's there's such a, an earnest dopiness to those movies that I just absolutely love them. But yeah. I, I, mean, I can't help it. But Kate Beckinsale and Leather. Come on. I mm. mean that woman's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's you filled know. with a lot of it's filled with a lot of really good looking people. The Underworld franchise, um, but yeah, um, anyway, Underworld, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess we're we're coming up on our on our time here. If you wanted to start wrapping us up, oh okay, uh, I didn't even realize we were we were that close to an hour. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. I'm tired. Sorry <laughs> about that. I'm just going through my notes, seeing if there's anything else I wanted to. Oh, okay. There was one thing I wanted to ask and see if you knew. Sure. So there's that one scene where Granny has like a mink on the wall or hanging, and then it like lifts its head, looks over, sees oh, yeah. the snake figurine, and then like the next scene, she's wearing it, and then as they're walking through the woods, it oh, it's perks its head up again, looks over, sees the python or boa in the tree, and then hisses at it. And I'm like, does Granny know her mink is alive? Like, uh, so that whole yeah. thing was like i know snakes are phallic symbols and when they're used sure. their their symbolism is definitely freudian very phallic mm-hmm. but i was just like is she is 
like the mink supposed to be symbolizing granny hissing at the penis like that was my like i just did not really understand it also that whole it, little thing it also i believe it hisses at the at the huntsman when he comes into the house the i huntsman. think it does yes and the huntsman like smacks it or something <laughs> um yes. yeah no i hadn't even thought of it till uh, it didn't even occur to me until you mentioned it again i I, well, I don't know it could just be i i'm not sure if that represents anything or if it I think that we have an idea that Granny somewhere. It's interesting. I think that again, there's a connection between Granny and and uh, Rosalind in the sense they're both outsiders. Uh, mm -hmm. Granny doesn't live in town. She lives off in no. the woods. She obviously yes. knows a lot about magic, black magic. Yes. That I think you know there. I think there is a suggestion there that Granny is um, a little bit of a, a witch allegory, maybe. Um, maybe yeah i mean maybe that is her thing and, she is a witch. and that maybe the mink is a familiar um you know uh so i mean i think that we're supposed to see a little bit of that that granny doesn't fit in uh but granny's misanthropic you know granny is judging both sides um as wanting um whereas rosalind wants to wants to belong uh you know, and then there's there's propriety, you know, maybe uh, if you wanted to read in that direction, Granny wants Rosalind to take her spot as the woman in the woods. Uh, right. Um, okay. But to answer your question, does she know? I have no idea. And uh, I just, I just that, the whole thing, like, all that's all I could think about was, like, the mink was Granny, like, getting yeah. mad at the snake, like, like they said, it's a phallic symbol, it's a penis, and she obviously is not very happy towards men and doesn't right. want Rosaline, you know, it's like, so it's like hissing at it, like get, you know, back away, penis. Like yeah. that's all I could think of when I'm just watching it, like laughing, like, oh, okay. Yeah, it certainly, yeah, I mean, it seems sense. to me, it seems to be a, a, something <laughs> of a, a ward against evil or masculinity Yeah. Uh, or evil masculinity or masculinity. Yeah, I don't know. Cause then you never see that snake again that I remember. So, no. and then like you said the mink only hisses at the when the huntsman comes in so it's just like i don't know yeah. it was just a little scene that kind of made me laugh and go oh okay and yeah. then there was i like i did like the scene where she's mouthing off about the priest or the pastor and she's like the pastor or the priest's bastard son something like that and yeah. our yeah. wolves basically and yeah. she's like granny the, he's right there oh he can't hear me and he's like i can hear every word you say yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's definitely so, yeah there's definitely some, uh, uh, now that I think about it in, in conjunction with also, there's some anti-Christian uh, imagery in this movie too. Because um, Granny doesn't go to church, right? Because there's that scene in church. Rosaline right. is there with her parents, but Granny isn't with them. Granny doesn't go there. She's judge yeah. she, she, ju she judges the priest and his bastards. Right. Um, and As the church wolves. itself, when Rosalind's in the church, I mean, we see the spider web, spiders fall on her Oof. in the middle of the church, uh, church service. I hate um, spiders. Yeah, there's no, like, there's certainly an idea that uh, the church is not going to offer any sort of solace in this, uh, in this arena. So, I mean, I think that more and more is pointing back to, uh, I hadn't thought of it this way until now, but maybe that uh, Granny is supposed to be the witch in the wood. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a, uh, and again, that goes back to, to gender, that, you know, the, uh, the sort of, pagan wiccan connection to the earth is a very feminine one has always been coded very feminine at the very least uh well, so the earth's always been considered feminine God, i mean the earth yeah. itself it's always been you know mother earth has always mother been used forever yeah. i mean native americans um it's great spirit above the great spirit which is just what 
the name they call God, right. Great Spirit, and then it's always been Mother Earth, right? Because she's right. the one who bears. We bear children. The Earth bears everything. It creates life, yep. just as women do. So right. So I think there's sense. yeah. I think that there's a. I think there's a connection to be made there. That uh, right. grand grandma is a witchy woman. You know, uh, if she if modern day, she'd be listening to her Fleetwood Mac and. Uh, <laughs> I saw that season. <laughs> yep. Not to, story. Yeah, not to not to uh, poke fun at uh, people who believe in Wiccanism or Wiccan faith, but. No, I always want. I've actually always been interested in it. Yeah. Because it's very. It actually has a lot of uh, closeness to Native American spirituality and the whole idea that the earth, it, it, everything serves a purpose. And everything is from the earth that you can use serves sure. a purpose mm -hmm. that everything's tied together as one it's the circle of everything yeah. so that's why i've always just been interested just to study it because it has a lot of takes a lot of its stuff actually from native american spirituality so mm -hmm. everything has a spirit everything is connected everything is done for a reason so yeah, yeah. cool <laughs> see i can i can think of things <laughs> on the spot <laughs> No, it's the same thing. Things get, I start remembering things when you say stuff and I'm like, oh yeah. Aha. Well, the same so. thing happens here. I, uh, yeah. I never, you, you're asking about the mink. <laughs> opened up an entire, opened up an entire line of thought that I hadn't even considered. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's definitely a connection to make. Yeah. All right. Yay. I just thought it was funny too. Just the way it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which would have been, I think that was what I more or less probably just dismissed it as while watching the movie was probably, it's just a weird thing to do that. Right. In a uh, weird fever dream. In a weird fever dream movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the very, very ending, which you needed know, uh, German shepherds jumping through the wall, you know, and I was like, okay. That's yeah, that was, uh, yeah, before I, I, I do my, I wrap it all up, that would kind of confuse me. She had this whole dream about wanting yeah. to be a wolf and live with the wolves, but then when she wakes up and sees the wolf, quote wolf come through the window she screams in terror yeah so i, I, I don't know that that was a little weird for me oh, she I mean, runs off with the wolves in the yeah. in her dream and then when the wolves actually do show up she's absolutely terrified of them well i think it's again it, it, they're not the same person uh it's mm -hmm. i don't know i mean I, i'm not saying that it works um i i think it, it, they needed an ending i guess in order to right wrap it around with a dream she has to wake up but uh you gotta True. you gotta end it on a scare so uh um so that was it <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's supposed to be you know the idea of the i think it's less the less to do with the uh, actual literal uh element and more of the, the philosophical element of the dream encroaching on her waking life maybe right i don't okay. know okay yeah no eh, it was just it was an ending. It was an ending. And <laughs> it, needed, it needed to have an ending. Uh, yes. And it needed to have her wake up. So that was probably yes. it. So there you go. Put two and two together. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> okay. So that about wraps it up. Again, mm -hmm. thank you everyone for uh, joining us here on Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. Again, I am your host, Sarah Sin, here with my partner in crime, Nathaniel. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Again, thank you for listening, everyone who listens. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and as I always like to end my show, I just want to remind everyone that there is a horror movie out there for everyone to enjoy. So thank you.